Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. I can't believe it's Friday already, so happy Friday to all of you, or Fri-yay. It's the first thing I write on Friday mornings to my whole family. <clears throat> I text them and say, it's Fri-yay, and I find some kind of nifty graphic that goes along with it. You know, phones these days, they're so much fun. <laughs> You can find so much to play with. Um, Asa and I were uh, we were recording an intro to our new podcast that begins the first week in April, and we discovered these different filters that you can use in Zoom, which I already knew they had filters, but they've added a whole bunch of new ones, and we were just having a blast playing with that. So you know, sometimes you just got to be a little kid and play. So let's say good morning to people who are popping in with us here. Good morning, Christine Buckingham and Corey and Susie. You were the first three I saw out there this morning. J-Lo, hello. Awesome, Tanya. Hoping for a relaxed weekend. Uh, I'm not sure about relaxed, but I suppose, you know, we get to choose what it is that we're going to make of any time period, right? The weekend. This is not a heavy hitting weekend. In other words, there isn't you know, some of the things that we've had in the in the past where it's just nonstop stuff happening or changes going on up in the sky. Uh, we do have the planet Mercury changing signs this weekend. That happens on Sunday uh, where he's in the sign of Pisces right now, moving into the sign of Aries. That will change up the energy of our minds and how we communicate and how we travel, what we do. In some ways, we're going to talk about that. Uh, as well, the only major aspect for the weekend is a Mercury sextile Pluto. Now, sextiles are a relationship where the two signs involved and the two planets involved in those signs are communicating pretty well, right? They get each other. They're on the same page, so to speak. They might be speaking a little bit different language, but uh, for the most part, they, they, they like one another here. So the language of transformation that Pluto might be bringing is going to find its uh, home, so to speak, in Mercury at the last degrees or so of Pisces. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Little bit about that. And then today, I want to go back in time a little bit. Interesting that I use the word time since we're going to talk about the moon in Capricorn. And I want to remind everybody about the human design and the astrology connection. So I know that's kind of implied when I share a chart that's a human design chart um, when we're talking about the sun and the earth. But I want to remind you that the moon is uh, moving quicker, of course, than any of the other bodies out there. And it takes us on a journey through several gates in a day, two to three, sometimes four of them, depending on where the moon is and what time of year it is. So uh, the, the, the journey through Capricorn is an interesting one because the bulk of the gates in Capricorn fall on the root center. And then as well, we begin to move into a human design week where the earth is the planet sitting on the gates of the spleen. So today we're going to get an opportunity to dial in, as it were, on a couple of the different centers in your human design. So uh, I want to know how everybody's doing out there. Let us know in the chat here if you are experiencing any trauma dramas, any challenges, uh, some successes. We want to hear the whole thing. Hey, Tom has his own name now. Good day, Astro family, he says. It's good to see you, Tom. 
And Susie Gemini says, I have a Capricorn moon. Well, this is just for you then, Susie. Amazing timing, right? Uh, it's been a while since we've actually honed in on Capricorn. And it's an important part of, of the astrological landscape. So it, it's, you know, one that we should be paying attention to, whether we're Capricorns or not, whether we have a planet in Capricorn or not. So when you are trying to relate this conversation to your own personal chart, take a look at where Capricorn is in the chart. Now, I'm going to show you what Capricorn, let me highlight it really quickly so it makes it easy for you all to see. I'm going to show you what the symbol of Capricorn looks like. Well, that's a crappy highlighter. So if you're looking at your own astrology chart, you see there's the symbol for Capricorn highlighted in orange there, right? So it looks like the number 76 kind of. So we all have Capricorn somewhere in our chart. And that means that while the moon is moving through Capricorn, it is triggering Capricorn issues for us in whatever the house is that it's in. So if this chart were a person, Capricorn is on the 11th house of this chart. So it would be triggering things around goals and dreams and perhaps friendships or connections that we make with other people. It might even be bringing up the desire or the, the uh, intention for helping others, maybe a humanitarian kind of feel to it or a more altruistic uh, feel to it. So wherever, whatever house it is in, in your own personal chart is where this Capricorn influence is going to be playing out. I hope that makes sense, right? Uh, good morning. JLo says, ha, I surely feel it, but I know how to ride the wave. It is external to me. My sister is a Capricorn. Aha. So that is a really good point, JLo, because in our outer worlds, the people around us who might be a Capricorn in this case, right? Today's Capricorn conversation. So the Capricorns in our lives may be mirroring something to us, right? So the people in your lives can often be sort of the, the tell about what it is that you might still need to work on, uh, where it is that you're doing really well, where it is that you are maybe judging yourself or not in alignment with your own hopes and dreams, Whatever it is that the other person is showing you is important, but it's also important that you don't project out onto them that they're the ones that have the problem, right? Because they're existing in your outer world so that you can see yourself more clearly. So if you see somebody out there who's successful, who's got, who's done a lot to gain recognition, then, uh, and, and there's two ways, right? You're looking at that and you're excited for them. You're happy for them. Then there's something there that you're, you're validating to yourself about how you're seen in the world, right? About how you are seeing validation, recognition, respect in your own life. On the other hand, what if you're judging that person? Right? What if you're judging that person about their, their success or their getting recognition, then we have to turn that inward as well. And we have to say, okay, well, what, what am I judging myself for? Because I might be in judgment of myself or why am I judging this concept, not the person, but the concept of success and recognition? Is there some part of me that has still yet to fulfill that part of myself? So all of the people in our lives are actually able to help us see ourselves more clearly. So if you have Capricorns in your life, then look to them to see what it is that they are mirroring to you. 
and they could be mirroring the positive and they might be mirroring somehow the more negative aspects of yourself. But trust me when I say, no matter what you see out there, it's never them. They're never the cause, right? They're never the cause. They are just there on your screen, helping you to see yourself more clearly and for you to heal yourself or to work with yourself, to love yourself more completely and more fully, as well as when you take that in and you love yourself more completely and more fully, you are actually also loving that part of yourself and that person uh, more completely and fully. Good morning, Amy D. Uh, congratulations to Asa's baby, Savannah. Oh my gosh, she's adorable. Mama and baby are home and doing well. And I'm waiting for more pictures of little baby Savannah. But you know, those first couple of days afterwards, it's hard to get back into the swing of having a newborn. It's, you know, she's still healing because she had to have a C-section. So she's, uh, the mama's going through her own healing. Uh, so I will make sure if Asa's in here, uh, she'll see that message. And if not, then I'm sure she will hear about that later. Uh, let's see here. Susie Gemini says, I also have my true node in Capricorn and Jupiter. However, life is getting better at midlife. You know, there's something to be said about that, Susie, because the, the planet that rules Capricorn is Saturn and Saturn rules our aging process. And along with aging, not just the process of getting older, but the process of maturing. So our becoming wiser, our becoming more responsible, right? Taking more responsibility for ourselves and the condition we find ourselves in and for being the authority in our own lives and so on and so forth. So the, the fact that you would have players like Jupiter, like the North Node uh, and your own natal moon there says that there was a lot of focus in this life for you on expanding Jupiter uh, a destiny north node of becoming your own authority of living life from on your own from your own uh point of view from your own uh uh higher self so you might have had issues around respect and self-respect you might have had different times in your life where you were not in your own authority Maybe you were not being responsible for your own self and the condition you found yourself in. But as time goes on, you find yourself gaining more and more awareness about how that's playing out in your life. And you get to then become more focused in that north node, uh, which becomes your destiny. You're walking the path then of Capricorn um, goals and success and recognition and gaining your own authority. Um respecting yourself and others and that kind of thing. So there you have that. Good morning, Pam. Uh, good morning, everyone. Capricorn 11th, uh, South Node only. So when I see the South Node in Capricorn, I often think about discipline, the word discipline. Uh, the South Node can kind of tell us what our past life experiences have been or if not literally your past lives, the earlier part of this lifetime, like before 40 years old, so maybe from birth to 40-ish, where maybe you were growing up in an atmosphere of strict discipline, of dealing or having to deal with inflexible people or becoming inflexible yourself, um, 
and even, you know, past lifetimes of, say, like military service or working in a government situation or in some kind of uh, institutional environment where there wasn't a lot of your being able to live from your own authority, where you were being told what to do, when to do it, how to do it, uh, and, you know, living within certain circumscribed um, uh, lines, if you will. And in this lifetime, you're letting go of that more, um, how can I even describe this, that more disciplined outlook, but, but ho holding on to the ability to be disciplined, to be responsible, but applying it to cancer, which is where your north node is going to be, which is more healing and nurturing and more family oriented. A lot of the South Node discipline might have been more career or professional oriented where there wasn't very much time for family or for love or for friendships and connections because you said it was the 11th house. In this lifetime, then your North Node focus is in the fifth house where it's more about love and romance and children and taking care of and being taken care of, loving and being loved and creativity and finding joy in life. So on one hand, that Capricorn past life or earlier lifetime might not have been as much fun. And now if you are at 40 or over, the, the shift is that you are finding more creativity, more joy, more love, more romance, more nurturing, more healing in your life. So I hope that makes sense uh, for you, uh, Pam. And uh, JLo, yes, mine is in the second house. I'm guessing it has to do with finances. Yes, which I learned, which I have learned. Woohoo! I have and continue to do great now from my younger years, indeed. So what you were trying to gain here then, JLo, was discipline around income or how to use your resources more wisely, or even how to use your resources in a way that makes, that, that was more valuable to you, seeing your own value, living from your own value. And we tend to, you know, money is a kind of tricky issue because it's not all about money. It's about you're using the resources that you have in a way that supports you financially, right? That is in alignment with your values. So if you, during this lifetime, then you might've had many different opportunities to learn more and more about how to take care of your financial well-being, how to put money away for the future as Capricorn is a sign that rules the future, but not just the future like in Aquarius where it's about the inventions and, and the thinking outside of the box and creating something new. It's more about the future security, right? So when we have the moon in Capricorn, what comes up to the surface for a lot of us might be our future needs in terms of financial security, health security, um, our older age, retirement. Uh, I was funny. Well, I had already realized the moon was in Capricorn, but I was thinking this morning about retirement because my husband is coming up to 65 this year. And, you know, there's all these hoops you have to jump through, even though you may not be retiring, you have to do Medicare stuff. And it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's almost, you know, overwhelming. Um, but it does rule that security that we would have later in our years based on health in this case, but then also thinking about, well, when does he want to retire? And are we ready for that? And he's four years older than me, so I'm certainly not ready for that. And 
all of those kinds of conversations. So no matter what age you are at, even if you are younger, you might be thinking about your security in terms of, well, do I have a job that is going to support me? Do I love my job? Can I see myself taking on this position or this this um, work world in a way that's going to bring me personal success and recognition and support me in the style in which I would like to become accustomed, right? So we have lots of different concerns around that. Um, Capricorn discipline and responsibility and practicality uh, on days like today. So uh, Tom has Saturn in the fifth. I don't know if that means that your fifth house has uh, Capricorn, Tom. Wait a I'm thinking that you're, you're a Virgo rising, so I'm not sure if Capricorn is on your fifth house or not. I'm having trouble picturing that this morning. Good morning, Michelle Gay. It's good to see you. Susie says, yes, I have been investing in my future. Indeed. Now, investing in your future is always a good thing, right? But it doesn't always have to be just about the finances. Investing in your future might be, well, what, what kind of learning process am I going through right now, right? Do Is there something a skill, a talent, a gift that I want to focus more on that can become more appealing for me as I move further into my life? Is there something now that I can can bring into my life that is going to build a stronger foundation? Because when we look at Capricorn energy, we are looking at a planet rulership, Saturn, that wants the discipline to build a solid foundation, right? Building the foundation. So we have the moon in Capricorn today and tomorrow, and uh, the moon will move into the void tomorrow evening at 5.56 p.m. my time. So 8.56 p.m. for those of you uh, on the east time, in the east time zone. And uh, excuse me, it'll start at 4.51 p.m. And at 5.56 p.m., the moon will have moved into Aquarius. So 4.51, it's a short void. So kind of a lazy late afternoon or evening for uh, where whatever time zone you're in overnight if you are in uh, European time zones. And that brings us then out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. Now, right now today, if we look at the moon and where she is in, in re relationship to the sun, we are at the last quarter moon or exactly uh, that happened at about one. 57 or so this morning. So very early this morning, we reached the last quarter moon. So the moon is already in a tricky place, right? That means that there's a square, a challenge, uh, a challenging aspect, a tension filled aspect between the outer self being the sun and the inner self, our moon, and the emotional self, our needs and things like that. And the last quarter moon always brings up the crisis of consciousness. So when we started, let's go back to the early part of March where we started the moon cycle with the uh, new moon. The new moon brings everything new, intentions can be set, and we're opening, we're walking through a new gate or a new portal. And then we come to the first square, right? A week later, we end up at the first square, which is the crisis of action. And the crisis of action is a time where our intentions might get tested, right? There might be something, a block, a physical block, a mental block, emotional block that stands in our way of getting to where we wanted to go based on whatever that intention was. And then we get to the full moon and the full moon is a time of releasing, of revelation. Maybe suddenly we get like what it is that we're meant to do or let go or release in order to move forward. Um, or we some 
something happens where a completion occurs or we end something that does allow us to move on. Then we get to this quarter, right? The quarter that we're at now, which is then a consciousness shift that is required of all of us. So if you had an intention at the beginning, now comes the time where you have to shift your consciousness in order to enable the growth or the intention to come to fruition, right? So the, the site and all of the planets, by the way, go through this cycle, right? Uh, when the sun conjuncts a planet, for example, it's going to go through the same thing, the new, the intention, the, the first crisis of action and its full moon cycle or its fullness or its completion, and then its last quarter, and then it's new again. So all of our planets do this in our chart. So we're always in some phase of, of beginning uh, challenge, completion, and another challenge, and then something new in all of our planets. It's very complex when you look at it that way, but suffice it to say that we are always in the process of going through change and uh, adopting new beliefs or new philosophies that are going to take us, you know, in a new direction. Now, the Capricorn moon, again, we talked about future needs, security, old age or retirement. Uh, it's, it rules time, right? And time, how time marches on. It's about responsibility, right? We have the self-discipline, the public image, our, re our reputation, and whether we are being seen as living in our own authority authentically, or are we trying to live somebody else's life? Um, are we living outside of our truth, but we think we're living in our truth? So our public image and all of that comes up with this, as well as our commitments. Are we living out our um, the commitments that we've made to one another, to ourselves, to our family, uh, to the world at large, to the soul, right? The soul's commitment, uh, or have we diverged from that? So we have the, this opportunity to course correct if we, if we so desire, or if that is something we see that we need. Goals, big thing here in Capricorn energy, goals, defining our goals, taking the steps toward our goals, uh, achieving our goals, working, work, another code word for Capricorn, working toward our goals, being responsible, in other words, right? Um, using the opportunities that the universe presents to us to move toward uh, the, the goals, to, to being able to complete a, a goal or an ambition or a dream. And then success is of ruled by Capricorn and Saturn. So many times we think of Saturn as um, the disciplinarian, right? The, the stern father figure, the authority. Um, but the authority also brings success and reward and recognition. And the achieving of our goals, the achieving of our dreams that bring us that reward and recognition, even if it's just an inner recognition that I did that right? I learned that. I was capable of doing that. I had a moment like that yesterday. <laughs> I think I mentioned last week that I got a new bike, that um, my husband bought me a new e-bike as an anniversary present. And um, I was so excited. I got to pick it out. And I have wanted one for over a year. I have last year, I wanted one. And it just wasn't in the budget. It just wasn't, you know, coming to fruition. But then all every day since we I've got my bike, we haven't been able to go for a ride. Either it's been pouring down rain 
or it was too cold, or he wasn't home, or his bike wasn't ready. I mean, on and on, right? So finally, yesterday, I just said, screw it. I'm going to just go by myself. So I got my gear on, and I took my bike out for a spin. I swear I relived my childhood. You know, raise your hand if as a child, part of your day was spent riding bikes through your neighborhood, if you could, uh, with your friends, feeling that freedom, that the air moving through your hair. And of course, my day, it was before there were helmets and uh, we were riding just with, you know, the wind blowing through our hair and just having a blast. We'd pack a lunch and we'd ride around. It reminded me of that. So yesterday was a day for me to go back in time and to relive that freedom that comes with just getting on a bicycle and and being uh, free, right? Just just being free. It was so much fun. Uh, so there's that. To me, that was sort of a reward, right? I I worked my you know what off all day yesterday. That was a moment where I just had this time before I had to go on to my next engagement, <laughs> where I had this freedom. So life brings reward and Saturn and Capricorn can show us where the reward comes when we do the work, right? When we do our work. So respect, authority, tradition, fathers, all of that also a part of the Capricorn experience. Now we also look at the bot, the, um, the excesses, right? So the, the more negative expression of that energy. And what we see in Capricorn is the tendency toward excessive control where there can be a lot over over disciplined, right? Or over working, um, over um, uh, goal oriented, right? Where we're so goal oriented or too focused and we can't see that maybe we need to be a little more flexible. So inflexibility, lack of joy is a part of the experience in the negative here. Sternness, right? Where get that sour face, um, self-justification, justifying why, what, how, and of course, pessimism. If Jupiter represents optimism, Saturn represents pessimism, or in the more negative aspects, it represents our inability to see the bigger picture or to get caught up, stuck in the practical, the organized, the down to earth, and I can't do anything fun because I have this thing I got to do. Well, that may be true. <laughs> you may have to get this done, but you also may need to pay attention to the parts of yourself that we need, that need play right? That needs some fun, some expression of that. Um, Janet, get some playing cards and clothes bags so we can hear you coming. Oh my God, that's too funny. Uh, JLo says, yes, my Addy, uh, taught, daddy maybe taught me to ride a dirt bike. I was a rebel. I love that. Norma says, I still ride my bike at 75. I'm going to grow up and be just like you, Norma. Uh, and you know what I found so fascinating is that I wanted an electric bike, an e-bike because where I live, it's kind of hilly. And I found my legs just like screeching at me going up the hills and going down the hills was super fun, right? Because you just coast. Um, so having an e-bike was going to allow me to get up those hills without, you know, feeling like I was going to burn up my legs. And I found myself yesterday not using the electric part of that very well. So obviously all the walking I do and the bike riding I've done in the past built up the muscle but it was really nice on some of the steeper climbs where it's a longer climb up uh, that I could just put that pedal assist on and I'd still have to work the bike. That was one of the things I learned yesterday is <laughs> when you stop pedaling, the bike stops. Hmm. 
I somehow thought that all that momentum I built up by pedaling and the electricity in the bike was just going to keep me going uh, like a motorcycle. <clears throat> nope, not, doesn't happen. You have to keep pedaling. So no matter how you look at it, you're still getting exercise. So I was kind of pleased about that, even though it was sort of, uh, um, my husband just laughed at me last night when I told him that he's like, yeah, you have, <laughs> you have to pedal too funny. Uh, so JLo, so funny. The grackle has been coming around my home. When I looked at them, looked them up, it said to have more fun. I do not know what a grackle is. You'll have to tell us what that is. That's some kind of a bird. Sounds like it might be a bird. <laughs> so tell me about that. Um, and now I want to, I'm going to shift my screen to share my screen here for a minute because I want to show you now the connection. Oh, wait, before I do that in the body right? The body health, the correlation of Capricorn and Saturn to health is about the bones, the joints, the connective tissues, the ligaments and the tendons that connect and allow the bones and the joints to move. Um, disease processes such as arthritis and rheumatism uh, in the in the digestive system, the gallbladder, which would be over here, <laughs> gallbladder, and uh, the building up of gallstones is a process or a correlation of Capricorn and Saturn, as well as the knees and your skin, right? These are, because Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, there's a correlation here about support and the foundation and the connecting uh, things. So your skin holds your body in, like holds all your organs together and you know keeps your structure, your bones covered and protected. Um, the bones and the joints, of course, without them, you would just be a puddle of meat on the floor. Um, if you didn't have, you know, the, the arthritis processes are when we overwork those joints or we're just by naturally aging, we get into a situation like that. And knees, of course, without your knees, you wouldn't be standing upright. Right. So there we have it. Uh, now I'm going to go show you the screen. Uh, hold on, share. And it's a window. Okay. So I got to click on the window first. Then let's go back here. Now, hopefully, you guys are seeing my screen. So I wanted to show you the gates in our human design that are related to Capricorn. So all I did was go, I went to genetic matrix and I brought up the human design mandala. And when you pull up the mandala, you have this opportunity to click on all of the things that are Capricorn. So right here, we start Capricorn at the gate 10 and Capricorn moves all the way through the gate 60, right? So then I looked at, well, where are these gates, right? I wanted to know, well, when we look at 10, 10 sits on the identity center. So fascinating, y'all, because this gate is called the gate of self-love. So our Capricorn experience begins with one of the gates of love, and it begins in self-love, right? Self-love, being loving and, and toward self as a foundation so that you can go out into the world and do what you love with whom you love and give love as well as receive love right? So don't, don't you just, I just find that so fascinating, right? 10. Then we move from 10 down into uh, the root center. Now, when we get to the root center, first of all, let's, let's go back here to the identity center for a moment. So I, I hope you can see my little mouse squirreling around here. And I don't know what happened. My mouse used to be pink. I better go back in and see what I did that took that away. Um, 
right here is the 10. It's on the identity center. And the identity center is a center in the lowest, if we looked at it through gene keys, right, where we see this hierarchy or the, not a hierarchy, a, um, uh, a hologram, right, a hologram with levels of, of uh, experience through this particular center. In the lowest expression, it's very me, me, me. And you might have thought that self-love might be all about the me, 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 but it really isn't. It's about the self, right? The, the next level up, the gift level of the identity center is about the self. And when we get to the highest expression, it's about oneness. So loving oneself is sort of a prerequisite to being able to love others, right? To see ourselves as a part of the bigger picture, a part of the tapestry. So that's what this center is all about. And this particular gate starts off with Capricorn energy about self-love. Then we move down here to the root center. Now the root center is the center of um, evolution in the highest expression. It's about all these gates here are taking us on a journey to through an evolution of consciousness. Um, it begins the physical process of that evolution. In the lowest expression, this particular center has stress attached to it. So stress, meaning we are um, uh, overly, let me see if I can bring this up a little bigger. There we go. We are overly stressed and, or we are greeting everything in our lives through the, the, the field of stress. When we move up a level, when we move to the gift level, we have drive, right? We have drive, which is akin to ambition uh, that is propelling us outward to find the answers, to, to relieve the stress, to bring us on that evolutionary journey. So interesting center, right? And then here we have today with the moon hitting um, a lot of the center or a lot of the gates on this particular center. So when we, we look at the day today, we have the moon probably right now this minute sitting at the gate 58. Now, I want you to keep that in mind because there's something else interesting going on that I'll talk about here in just a minute. Uh, but the gate 58 is called the gate of joy or bliss. And it has a lot to do with finding joy in uh, mastering who you are who you are designed to be on this planet, in this lifetime, as a soul on this planet. So joy, the expression of joy is where the moon is. And interesting, right, that joy is going to sit in a sign like Capricorn. So this is where we get that when we're in the negative, it's the lack of joy. But when we're living in the positive, we are finding joy, the joy in mastering ourselves, our work, what we love, our passion, and moving forward on our evolutionary journey. And then the gate 38 is also going to take get hit by the moon today. And the gate 38 is called the gate of fight or the gate of struggle. It is a gate where we are designed to find the, that struggle is a part of our human existence. It's not that, uh, that we have to struggle. We don't have to, but we our natural reaction to being presented with a challenge in our life is to get struggle started, right? The struggle between our inner and our outer selves, between ourselves and another person, uh, between what we're doing in our lives versus what we want to be doing in our lives. So we, we get this sort of struggle field going in our lives. And the gate 38 is about, it says, 
find the right fight, right? Find the right thing to struggle for. We don't have to go out and struggle over everything. Not everything is a struggle. Um, Remember, there used to be a book, I think it was based on a book, it said, don't sweat the small stuff. And then sort of the byline or the, the subtext was, and everything is small stuff, right? Don't sweat the small stuff. And everything is small stuff, right? So don't sweat the small stuff. And the, the next gate up that the moon will hit today is the 54. And that is the gate of drive or ambition. It is the the, the prov provocation, if you will, to go out into the world. Almost every journey um, that we can look at, every lens that we can look at your, you through human design, your spiritual uh, evolution, your life purpose evolution, your um, relationship evolution, your health, your career, your um, money and abundance evolution all begin with some kind of bump coming at the 54. It starts us out to look for enlightenment, right? Really, our whole lives are about becoming more and more enlightened. And we do that through various ways, through work, through relationship, through living out our higher purpose. So later on, the moon will hit here. And then uh, the moon will jump to the gate 61, and the, that this will happen tomorrow. And the gate 61 is up in the head center. And it's about tapping into wonder and awe. In its lowest expression, it's psychotic. <laughs> or it's, uh, yes, psychotic. It's it's uh, not grounded in, uh, it, it doesn't have a way, it sees things through such a, a dark glass but in its highest, it's about looking at the world through the glasses of awe and wonder and excitement and magic. And what it does bring to us then at the 61 is the ability to uh, find uh, our path ahead through joy, right? It connects, it really, it connects the head center and the root center. They're both pressure centers in human design. Here is the pressure to go out and do and here is the pressure that's bringing in information and inspiration and, and asking us to, to take steps. But usually what happens here is we get caught up in all the questions, like, how am I supposed to do that? When am I supposed to do that? Where am I supposed to do that? Can you prove that's what I'm supposed to do? So the gate 61 says, forget all that noise and just tap into the, the awe and the wonder, the living out the light uh, of, of our experiences. And then the last gate that the moon will hit in Capricorn is the gate 60. Here is where the moon will come into connection with Pluto, who is also at the gate 60. This is a gate of, in the shadow, limitation, right? It brings us in. It sucks us back in. And uh, in order to have a foundation that's built in a sustainable way, because there's something about needing sustainability that we have to address as well. And the gate 60 then from a sustainability point of view, from a good foundation, allows us to be innovative and inventive and go out into the world uh, with new ideas, with new, you know, searching out new things, becoming more and more of who we are designed to be. So there's that. Now, I'm going to see if you guys have any questions about any of that before I go on. Um, Yes, it's a bird. Okay, good. Kind of like a starling. All right, they come in packs. All right, we have those too. I don't know if they're called grackles here. Starlings for sure. 
Uh, J-Lo, I love the rainbow color iridescence on their feathers when the sun shines on them. Ooh, I gotta see myself. I gotta go look one up later. Um, so what is J-Lo asking? If the hands are cracking really bad and also great for the arthritis pain, you can use Arnica Salve. Yeah, I, I've heard of Arnica. It also helps when you have bruises and you massage it into the bruises. Cool. Lots of natural remedies for any of the things that we might be feeling. But more than that, no, I haven't, JLo. Have you seen there is a new part called duration on Genetic Matrix? You'll have to tell me more about that, JLo. I'm not sure. I'll go find that later. Um, if there are natural remedies that we can go to to help ourselves when we are feeling um, the, the pain and or we've wounded ourselves or we have the bruises and what have you. But we can also begin to look under the surface, right? We can start to look underneath it all and discover where's the root of the problem, right? Um, it, and, and, and this isn't a, a process of guilting yourself or shaming yourself or making you bad or wrong. I mean, after all, we do live here on a planet that does have aging as a part of the process. And sometimes the wear and tear that we are experiencing is just a part of the aging process. But is there something underneath that all? Like maybe, maybe, I'm just saying maybe, that you can trace joint problems or um, um, arthritis type problems or bone issues to where you've become encrusted or where you've become inflexible, where maybe there's not been a lot of joy in your life in the experience of being responsible. So just asking yourself these questions. So what does this represent? Like if my elbow is hurting me, does this represent um, a, a part of me that I have gotten stuck in? And, and, you know, maybe it's tennis elbow, maybe part of me was loving always being able to play tennis. And maybe I got away from playing for some reason, life got too serious. And now the joints reminding me, hey, remember when you used to just, you know, play. So just correlations, right? Not one-to-one, -one, uh, this is the cause and this is the way you, you heal it, but correlations, right? Taking a look at that and seeing, is there something deeper underneath all of your health issues? And uh, I shared, I have probably this one book has generated more comments from people than I've had in a long time, actually. Uh, and this was the Metaphysical Anatomy book. See how thick its mama is, right? And I've spent quite a bit of time in and out of this book over the last couple of days, kind of getting more clear about what certain health um, issues or certain parts of the body represent uh, from a metaphysical standpoint. And I've been kind of surprised by what some things are uh, that um, some root causes for problems that I wouldn't have even expected that don't necessarily come with uh, a one-to-one you know, cause and effect. It's more, you know, taking a look at, you know, these things that are more nebulous that I may, I, like, I just never would have looked at. And then recognizing, wow, okay, maybe that is part of the experience of why I have this problem going on in my life. So it's a fun book. It's seriously fun. <laughs> Serious fun. Um, so anyway, I've been playing with that. And uh, eventually, I want to be able to use that in readings with people to, to maybe explore deeper causes of some of the angst, some of the physical ex expressions 
of of health and uh that that your body might be talking to you in fact it, it says here your body is talking to you but are you listening are you listening right so there's that uh okay now what time is it okay so i also wanted to point out that uh we are walking into today a new human design week and we're beginning a seven week process now where the earth is going to be moving through the gates of the spleen the spleen center is the center for time for intuition for health and for survival and um i want to i want to change that word survival i don't care if we change it to thriving or flourishing um, but survival is like the bare minimum, right? If I had to look at that center, uh, I would say that survival would be sort of the shadow, although survival has done us proud, right? We're still here, right? We've survived. But survival also implies that there's fear and that there's some kind of response. Our bodies are going through a, a stress response, right? Fight, flight, freeze. And some of the issues that might be coming up for us over these next seven weeks might be about where have we become paralyzed? Where have we become stuck? And today we begin this process and the sun always shows us what the highest expression is that we can bring. So the sun has now moved into the gate 17. The 17 is up on the Ajna. It is called the gate of uh, opinions. But it also in the highest expression in, in the gene keys, if you look at this gate, it's omniscience, all knowing, all knowing. That's the highest expression. And all knowing that comes from a place of omnipresence, being present in the moment, in the now. And in the lowest expression, it is about sharing opinions, right? Just spouting off opinions as if they're truth. And they're not necessarily truth. They're your opinions, right? So we have this, this interesting connection to our minds and what we think and the uh, ability to get above that, to see from a higher perspective what, re- what constitutes real truth, right? But the earth in our human design is sometimes bringing up the challenge. What is it that we're going to have to satisfy within us in order to get to the highest expression of the sun that week? And for all of you, if you don't have 17 defined, uh, the earth is going to be at the 18 and you don't have 18 defined, meaning any color, you're now going to have them defined. So you're going to be dealing with this. Those of you who already had 17 and 18 defined, it just brings this more into your awareness. So every one of us is going to be experiencing the idea for the next four or five days about opinions versus fact or truth or what's re- what constitutes real truth versus just facts and figures or information. Where's the wisdom in it, right? Where's the real truth? Where's the, what would God say? What would God see? What would source see or say? And the challenge is going to be at the 18, which is about judgment, criticism. Uh, I like uh, this, this, is where I really like quantum human design, Karen Curry Parker's system of quantum human design, where the gate 18 is renamed to realignment. And in the uh, old traditional human design, this was called the gate of, um, of criticism or judgment, judgment. It's a place, however, it is a part of us that 
can always tap into what it is that we see that's out of alignment so that we can realign because the gate realigns with joy. So remember I said back when we were looking at the moon's transits today that the gate of joy, right? How do we get back in alignment with that? So let's see, I'm going to try to share my screen again with everybody so I can show you this. This is a window I had open, I think. No, it's Chrome tab. <laughs> and I have so many Chrome tabs open because I'm in the middle of so many different things. You guys just wouldn't believe what my computer looks like right now. Uh, okay, chart builder. There we go. I was looking for it to say genetic matrix. So what you guys should be seeing now is where the sun and the earth are for this upcoming week. So here we go. We have the earth down here at 18 and 18 then comes over here. Oops, wrong one. I don't want you. Comes over here and joins up with the moon at the gate 58 and completes this whole channel of perfection. And what perfection is here is the ability that we all have to see where things are out of alignment and how that we can make a course correction to align more fully with what brings us joy. Now, we also are very adept at seeing that in other people. How many of you, raise your hand, can easily see where other people are out of alignment in their lives and what it would take to bring them back to a joyful expression? But sometimes you are so blind to what's going on in your own life, right? That's the idea in this particular channel is that we need to really tap into our own sense of what needs to be realigned. And if we find ourselves in a position of being able to share with someone else about how they could align themselves to bring on more joy, take note, people, this is not the throat center. The, it is very far away from the throat center. And the throat center being here is where we need an invitation to share right? We need to be able to have someone ask us, hey, what do you think about this? Or how do you think I can make this better? Or I suck in my life right now. What can I do? Those kinds of questions are invitations, if you will, for you to help others to realign. The open invitation is for yourself to realign with joy, to bring yourself back into alignment with joy. So that's our first experience. Over the next six, seven weeks, we are going to be experiencing all the gates of the spleen center. Now, the spleen center in the shadow, other than being about survival, is about the alarm we feel when, when we are presented with a challenge. And that challenge might be brought to us by a comment that someone else says. It could be brought to us by our recognizing that we're out of alignment somewhere and oh no, I don't know what to do. It can be anything in the outer world that shows up as a challenge, right? So the alarm bells begin to ring in the shadow energy of the, of the spleen. And if we are able to tap in and we can get through the alarm, right? If we can raise the energy from the alarm, then what we have is access to the gift of intuition. This is a center that is very intuitive. It's instinctual energy. Part of our um, surviving has been the instinct that we've had to survival, right? Instinct, intuition, to know what's coming, right? To feel, okay, it's time to start putting away food for the winter. It's time to start preparing, you know, to repair our homes or, or whatever it is, right? 
because we have this instinct, this intuition that now's the time. This is what we need to do. And then in the highest expression here, the spleen center is going to work quite nicely with the gate 17's omnis omniscience, right? All-knowing and omnipresence uh, uh, being present fully because the highest expression in the spleen is presence, being in the now. The, the spleen only works in the now. And as far as intuition goes in this center, it speaks in the moment, but it doesn't keep coming back at us and giving us the warning consistently. It, it's not always going to keep saying, hey, I told you to do this, do this, do this. It doesn't do that. <laughs> it doesn't do that at all. It speaks it, it, and then if there's action on your part or not, right? So the whole idea here in this particular center is to listen and then act accordingly. Now, how is this going to work for those of you who do not have the spleen defined? Because a lot of you don't. I don't. I don't have the spleen defined, except today uh, I'll have the spleen defined because the 18 is joined up with the 58. So suddenly, no wonder I can speak about this today because um, it's there. Right? It's open. It's defined. But uh, if you normally have an open spleen, which means it would be white, right? It would look like this. It would be, you might not have any connections or you might not have a connection, let's say, to uh, a gate that completes it, it would just be open like this. Um, that means that you have inconsistent truth in your instinct or in your intuition. And now suddenly you might have very keen intuitive uh, guidance coming in. So you have to be a little bit careful here because this is temporary, right? It's, it's activated for this week. So you still have to be living your uh, authority. You have to be living your strategy and your type. And if you don't know what that means, maybe it's time for you to have an, a, a human design reading or a refresher human design reading to remind you about what that means. But all of us for the next seven weeks are going to have varying degrees of intuitive awareness coming to us. If you are intuitive uh, by nature, meaning that your spleen is defined and that's your authority, then this amps that up. If you are someone who has an open spleen and this isn't your normal way of making decisions, let's say, then your intuition is also amping up. But then you have to know that there's sort of an on and off going on here because it's not your natural authority. And if you're making big decisions, you want to use your natural authority to make those big decisions, right? The consequential decisions like moving or changing jobs or getting in or out of a relationship, those kinds of things are bigger decisions, spending a lot of money. Um, but your everyday decisions that you might need to make, should is it time for me to take a break? Should I go to the grocery store? On and on, those things, right? Those are not big consequential decisions. So your intuition is very profound for that. All right. Does that make, and then um, next week we'll talk about the next uh, change that's going to happen here in the spleen. Let me reactivate that there. So it's just today, maybe for the next few hours that we have the connection between the root center and the spleen through the 58 and the 18. So maybe take a good look at yourself right now to see where am I out of alignment with joy, right? What's stopping me from being the most joyful expression of myself in the world? Okay. 
Kajela says, let your genius freak self out of its cage. <laughs> I love that. That's true because uh, for the time being, we all have the 4323 defined, the freak to genius channel. <laughs> so, and that's our nodes right, right now. The North node is at the 23, which is, is bringing us into um, being simply ourselves, right? And expressing our talents, our gifts, our excitement about living, what, what, what fires up our passions, right? That's, that's the simplified part there. Um, Amanda J, if you were born with a condition, does that suggest it's from a past life? Possibly, right? Possibly. In which case, um, the better way to look at something like that would be, how is this serving me in this lifetime? Right? Because maybe, maybe there was an incomplete lesson and whatever the condition is, maybe, you know, there's something underlying that, that you can complete as a lesson. And there's so many different conditions, of course, that we can be born with, right? And, and again, this isn't a way to say, oh, you were bad in your past lifetime. Don't do that. It's not about that. It's about a part of the continuation of your learning on the planet. And your, your learning and your evolution might be tied to a condition that you have that's putting you in the way of fixing yourself in some way not that you're broken but finding the cause or doing the work that's required right so um i i don't know what your condition is amanda i'm trying to think back to when we were talking but i can't remember what it is so i don't know how to speak to it specifically but you know let's just say you were born with um uh Oh, maybe you were born with juvenile diabetes, right? Or di uh, diabetes that uh, type one diabetes, juvenile diabetes. The question wouldn't be, how did I bring this on myself? That, that would be like you blaming yourself. But what can I learn from this? How is this serving my evolution of consciousness? And it is useful to look back at what the causes might be. But if it's something you're born with, likely that's carrying over from a previous lifetime or in some way the soul agreed coming in that this disease or this this condition is going to serve my evolution that's what we want to tap into right so it's hard to say exactly what that is without really doing some work uh some in, internal work on that and then you know we also have other things that conditions that happen addictions and and uh accidents that happen and you know how do those serve us? Because they're serving us in some way as well. All right. So good question, Amanda. You're right, uh, JLo. That's a great question. Um, Christine must have said something up here that I missed. Uh, my daughter doesn't want to go to the school dance. So we're going to have our own dance party tonight. I love that. That's great. Christine said, I've read some choose to come back with disabilities to help the family learn lessons. Again, that would be a soul choice that serves the evolution of the soul of not only the personal soul, but the soul group, right? And you can almost bet that your family members, your closest friends, they're all part of your soul group. And what did that soul group intend as well? So, so many things that we could look at, but uh, it's never just what you think it is from the surface. Um Tom, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Isn't that a song? Something like that. Uh, okay. Uh, 
I'm looking back to see if I had any other questions. I can't tell. All right. So uh, that is it, I think, for me today. I did want to get into, oh, one more thing uh, before I go. Um, Mercury this weekend is moving out of Pisces and into the sign of Aries. Now, as he exits Pisces, he is going to be uh, in a sextile to Pluto. Pluto is at about the 27th degree, 28th degree of, of Capricorn, and Mercury is going to sextile Pluto. That brings some empowerment to your speech, but also to your mind. So you have the access this weekend to an empowered mind and a, a way to look at, are my words congruent with, with the most loving things that I could say about myself or the most loving way that I could be? Then he moves on Mercury, the, the planet of communication, the planet of the mind moves into Aries and everything seems to speed up where while in Pisces, it might've been slowed down. It might've been more dreamy, might've been more hearing, um, you know, the, the voice of spirit. Now it becomes highly activated and this is Mars territory. So it's action oriented. It can be impulsive. So we'll have to be conscious about where we might be using our mind or our speech in, in, in impulsive ways where we might be more confrontational in the things that we're saying, uh, where we might need to consciously slow things down a little bit uh, before we just do or say things that we might regret later. So, but the high side is that the mind is very active. It's very powerful during uh, a Mercury in Aries transit. It's youthful. It's bold. It's um, going to take action first and think later, and that could be a problem. So we want to just monitor that in our own experience. And wherever Aries is in your chart is where Mercury is going to be spending the next couple of weeks and uh, bringing up the desire for more action to, to, to make things go a little bit faster. All right. Uh, that is it for me today. I think I'm going to draw one card. I haven't gotten to draw cards this week and I'm missing it. So I'm going to draw us an animal card since we talked about grackles. Um, let's draw a card, an animal card that represents the path ahead for us this weekend and see what we can learn here. Ooh, buffalo spirit. Yeah. The abundant universe will provide card number 10, buffalo. And it was upright. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? I just love that picture. Buffalo spirit um, is about abundance. So let's read about this. Card 10. Can find it first. Okay. So it says, Buffalo spirit comes to you now to remind you of the amazing manifesting power of gratitude and the extraordinary potential available to you when you adopt a mindset of abundance. The ancient people of the Americas saw the buffalo as a symbol of abundance because the herds roamed far and wide and provided so many gifts, the meat, the hide, the bones. The tribes who hunted the buffalo used every bit of them, wasting nothing, appreciative of the abundance. So too do you have many gifts available to you. Buffalo spirit appears to let you know uh, that you are in a powerful time to manifest your desires, not by force or pushing, but rather by following a natural path that rises up before you, trusting that there is always plenty to go around, whether it be love, money, inspiration, or support, it's all there for you to claim. 
When you are grateful, you immediately align yourself with the truth that the world is rich and teeming with resources, and there is always more than enough, and you are always enough. As the, at this time, you can expect all your intentions and needs to come into a form that is right for you. Your heartfelt gratitude is making you a magnet for miracles. Gotta love that one. Buffalo Spirit's message is to remind that remind to Buffalo Spirit's message in partnership with Spirit is to remind you that you co-create your reality. So offer up your thanks and your prayers even before you see conditions you desire, not just for yourself, but for others too. Uh, then you will quickly see the results in tangible ways. Gratitude has the magic to grow the good. So offer thanks and praise as you acknowledge all that you have and all that is possible. I think that's a wonderful message to leave us with for the weekend. Buffalo spirit about abundance, right? All right, guys, that's it for me. You all take care. Have a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday morning. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.